Good evening. To open our meeting tonight, Shardell, will you please announce the first hymn? 135. I know no life divided, O Lord of life from thee. In thee is life provided for all mankind and me. I know no death, O Father, because I live in thee. Thy life it is that frees us from death eternally. Hymn 135. If you would like to follow along with the readings, please go to our website, and on the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and you will see where to click for the Wednesday evening text. The theme for tonight is Unending Life. The readings will now be given by Gary. The Bible. Genesis. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. 
And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And Methuselah lived an hundred eighty and seven years, and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech seven hundred eighty and two years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were nine hundred sixty and nine years. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And Noah lived after the flood three hundred and fifty years. And all the days of Noah were nine hundred and fifty years. Isaiah Be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing, and her people a joy. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. John. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him, and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them to me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. These words spake Jesus, and lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, 
that thy Son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. 1 John Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life. I will now read correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures and from Prose Works by Mary Baker Eddy. Man in science is neither young nor old. He has neither birth nor death. He is not a beast, a vegetable, nor a migratory mind. He does not pass from matter to mind, from the mortal to the immortal, from evil to good, or from good to evil. Such admissions cast us headlong into darkness and dogma. Even Shakespeare's poetry pictures age as infancy, as helplessness and decadence instead of assigning to man the everlasting grandeur and immortality of development, power, and prestige. The measurement of life by solar years robs youth and gives ugliness to age. The radiant sun of virtue and truth coexists with being. Manhood is its eternal noon, undimmed by a declining sun. As the physical and material, the transient sense of beauty fades, the radiance of spirit should dawn upon the enraptured sense with bright and imperishable glories. Never record ages. Chronological data are no part of the vast forever. Timetables of birth and death are so many conspiracies against manhood and womanhood. Life is eternal. We should find this out and begin the demonstration thereof. Life and goodness are immortal. 
Let us then shape our views of existence into loveliness, freshness, and continuity, rather than into age and blight. Our Master said, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then God and heaven, or life, are present, and death is not the real stepping stone to life and happiness. They are now and here, and a change in human consciousness from sin to holiness would reveal this wonder of being. Because God is ever-present, no boundary of time can separate us from him and the heaven of his presence. And because God is life, all life is eternal. A material sense of life robs God by declaring that not he alone is life, but that something else also is life, thus affirming the existence and rulership of more gods than one. This idolatrous and false sense of life is all that dies or appears to die. The opposite understanding of God brings to light life and immortality. Death has no quality of life, and no divine fiat commands us to believe in aught which is unlike God, or to deny that He is life eternal. Life is God and God is good. Hence, life abides in man, if man abides in good. If he lives in God, who holds life by a spiritual and not by a material sense of being. The embellishments of the person are poor substitutes for the charms of being shining resplendent and eternal over age and decay. The recipe for beauty is to have less illusion and more soul, to retreat from the belief of pain or pleasure in the body into the unchanging calm and glorious freedom of spiritual harmony. This generation seems too material for any strong demonstration over death, and hence cannot bring out the infinite reality of life, namely, that there is no death, but only life. The present mortal sense of being is too finite for anchorage in the infinite good God because mortals now believe in the possibility that life can be evil. The achievement of this ultimatum of science, complete triumph over death, requires time 
and immense spiritual growth. Because of these profound reasons, I urge Christians to have more faith in living than in dying. I exhort them to accept Christ's promise and unite the influence of their own thoughts with the power of his teachings in the science of being. This will interpret the divine power to human capacity and enable us to apprehend or lay hold upon that for which, as Paul says in the third chapter of Philippians, we are also apprehended of or grasped by Christ Jesus, the ever-present life which knows no death, the omnipresent spirit which knows no matter, Men and women of riper years and larger lessons ought to ripen into health and immortality instead of lapsing into darkness or gloom. Immortal mind feeds the body with supernal freshness and fairness, supplying it with beautiful images of thought and destroying the woes of sense which each day brings to a nearer tomb. We must form perfect models in thought and look at them continually, or we shall never carve them out in grand and noble lives. Let unselfishness, goodness, mercy, justice, health, holiness, love, the kingdom of heaven reign within us, and sin, disease, and death will diminish until they finally disappear. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for
Bruce, will you please announce the next hymn? Hymn number 406. O love, our mother ever near, to thee we turn from doubt and fear. In perfect peace our thoughts abide, our hearts now in this truth confide. Man is the child of God. Hymn number 406. Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly testimony meeting for Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. At all our meetings and services, we read from the King James Bible and from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy. Every Sunday morning, we have our weekly church service at 11 a.m. But an hour before the service at 10 a.m., we have our weekly roundtable discussion. This is where we discuss the weekly lesson and other current topics and learn better how to apply our understanding of Christian science. 
So be sure to join us every Sunday morning for a lively roundtable discussion at 10 a.m. and the church service at 11 o'clock. And we have a Sunday school every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock also. Our Sunday school is open to children from anywhere through our dedicated teleconference number. Many of the students attend by calling in on the telephone from out of state. So if you have children who would like to attend the Sunday school, call the church to get the phone number and our teachers will be very happy to welcome them. We will be having our annual membership meeting a week from tomorrow, that's on Thursday, January 26th at 8 p.m. We will be electing two members of the Board of Trustees and hearing reports from each committee. So if you can't get here in person, you can call in on the church teleconference number to join in. Now, since this is a Thursday night, we will only be having the 10 p.m. Unity Watch that night, since the meeting will probably still be going on at 9. So that's Thursday, January 26, at 8 p.m. for the annual meeting and 10 p.m. for the Unity Watch. We have a Bible study here every month. Our next Bible study will be on Saturday, January 28th at 10 a.m. Information about the Bible study and the Bible study questions are all posted on the church website under the This Week's Lesson tab. So check it out and plan to join us for a really interesting Bible study at 10 a.m., on January 28th. Just call the te teleconference number to join in. We have a website, plainfieldcs.com, where you'll find the very finest Christian science literature to read, study, and listen to. There are other wonderful writings by Mary Baker Eddy that you might not be aware of and writings by students who lived in her home and were taught directly by her. You will always find something there that will lift your spirit and meet your need, whatever that need might be. And all the resources we have on the website are free. There is never a charge. Our goal is to spread Mrs. Eddy's teachings around the world and to aid in that goal, we also have 17 additional websites in a variety of languages so that people can hear and read the healing truths of pure Christian science in their own language. So feel free to look through our website, and as I said, they're all free. And we have a well-equipped nursery for infants and toddlers at all our services. So if you're able to get here in person, be sure to bring the little ones along too. Everyone is welcome here. I will now read from the church manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, 
which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or suffering, although the generic name of the disease may be indicated. <clears throat> For everyone who gives a testimony tonight, we would ask that you please keep your remarks to within four minutes. This will give everyone the opportunity to share their offering tonight. For those who are on the telephone, when you are ready to give a testimony, please press the star button on your telephone twice. Also, keep in mind when you do, we are going to be able to hear you as well as any other sounds your phone picks up. So we kindly request that you be in a quiet place. The meeting is now open for the giving of testimonies of healing through Christian science. Janet from Georgia, go ahead, please. Thank you, Gary, for those powerful readings. I would like to give gratitude for an experience I had recently. We live on a small lake, and we've had a lot of rain. The lake is full. A few days ago, my husband noticed that one of our plastic Adirondack chairs was floating in the middle of the lake. A while later, he reported that he thought it may have sunk. That wasn't the case. It was across the lake, and it appeared that the wind was moving it in our direction. As my husband and I stood at the edge of the lake, my neighbor saw us and asked if she could help. She said she would get her fishing pole, and my husband also left to get his. I had brought our pool pole, which has a brush on the end of it, thinking it may be of some use. As I stood there alone, I was realizing how kind my neighbor was to help us, which made me think of Jesus' command, love thy neighbor. While my neighbor and my husband were gone, the chair started heading toward my neighbor's yard. It was still a good ways away, but was steadily, yet slowly, getting closer. I heard myself say, love's work and love must fit. After that statement, the chair made a turn and headed toward where I was standing. It floated in between low-hanging branches and appeared to be stuck. When my husband and neighbor returned with fishing poles, their attempts to snag the chair failed due to the strong wind. My husband tried the pool pole, but it was three feet too short. My thought was, God has never taken me halfway and he wouldn't start now. The wind picked up, moved the chair a bit closer, and my husband tried again to snag the leg of the chair with the pool pole and caught it and pulled it to shore. As my husband and I were walking to the house, I said, we thank God for this demonstration of his love, and my husband said, yes, we do. Proverbs 6 states, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct our path. I love this statement because it means all my ways. 
It is not telling me to reserve my demonstration of God's law for only what I may consider significant challenges, but in order to live this science of the Christ, I must demonstrate God's allness in every way. Even if I, um, I don't, then I am saying God isn't all. I'm so grateful to my practitioner who has been guiding me to see God everywhere and in everyone. I'm learning that this is truly the only way for me to live. It's not always easy, but it's not impossible. And this demonstration of the chair proves to me trusting in God's allness is really the only way. I'm so grateful for this Plainfield Church, which is teaching to us Mrs. Eddy's absolute science. Thank you all, and good night. Thank you. Mara from Mississippi. Go ahead, please. I'm so grateful to be here tonight. I'm so happy to have found Point Fields and the genuine Christian science that is taught here. I'm thankful to Mary Baker Eddy for finding and discovering Christian science, and especially thankful to Jesus Christ for showing us who we are and our relationship to God. I'm also very grateful to my practitioner and all the time spent helping, supporting, and teaching me. This week, I would like to share a recent healing that took place. A week or so ago, I had a friend over for lunch. As we hugged hello, she squeezed me so hard, but in such an awkward way that I felt something pop. I wanted to yell out, but instead thought, no, this hug was a friendly act of love, and this bad human pain should not be the result. We continued socializing, but by the next day, the pain got worse. It hurt to take a deep breath or laugh or um, do other things. When I called my practitioner and told her what happened, she said, the only one who touched me was God. She explained how my friend is a spiritual idea from God, and so am I. She also read a few other comforting quotes along with page 397 in Science and Health about accidents. Quote, when an accident happens, you think or exclaim, I am hurt. Your thought is more powerful than the accident itself to make the injury real. Now reverse the process, declare that you are not hurt, and understand the reason why, and you will find the ensuing good effects to be in exact proportion to your disbelief in physics, confidence in God as all, which the scriptures declare him to be, unquote. After I got off the phone, I felt so much better physically and mentally. It really is an amazing feeling to talk to a practitioner. She explained to me how prayer with her is like a duet. It's not just her praying. We both pray and God does the work. I love being able to see God there for us whenever we reach out. I thought of my friend as a beautiful spiritual idea of God, and it was so comforting 
to think that no one can touch us but God who protects and loves us. As I continued to pray, the pain completely disappeared. I feel like this was another example of how Christian science does work and God is always there for us. I'm so thankful to everyone at Plainfield who makes this meeting possible. And also thank you to Gary for the beautiful readings tonight. Thank you. Day Day from Georgia. Go ahead, please. Thank you. I'm so grateful for learning through Christian science in this church what protection there is in following God's direction. Within the last several months, I've been in line for two big promotions at work. And when presented with each opportunity, I began praying immediately for God to guide me with the desire to do only what he wants me to do be only where he wants me to be, to be used for his good purpose, and to have only what he sees fit for me and my family. I continue with this prayer throughout each hiring process and both resulted in me remaining in my current role to happily continue serving others as best I can. And I'm grateful to know that each, each position went to the right person. Today's calendar quote by Art Anchor reads, Shepherds show me how to go. There are so many things I long to know. One of the greatest healings I've had through Christian science is gaining the sincere desire to follow God's perfectly prepared plan for me. This alleviates the feeling of desperation and disappointment that I once felt in regards to making progress, as I'm confident that he's keeping me in my right place to learn and grow at the right pace. I'm so grateful to continue learning life's most important lessons in this church. Thank you so much for tonight's readings, for the music, and for all of the testimonies. I'm very happy and grateful to be here tonight. Thank you. Elizabeth from New Hampshire, go ahead, please. Good evening. While driving down the road one day earlier this week, I hit some solid ice and lost momentary control of my vehicle, sliding sideways and heading for the ditch. I was directed immediately what to do and how to maneuver to take myself out of the spin. I was so grateful, but I was shaking uncontrollably from head to toe. It was then that I remembered from the round table recently words that have helped me several times now to watch my thoughts. To paraphrase what Mary said, first comes the suggestion, then comes the temptation to believe it. And with that, I realized that as a perfect idea of God, as we are taught in Christian science that we are, no traumatic experience had actually occurred. Neither was there any selfhood at the mercy of nerves. Mary Baker Eddy says on page 475 of Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, and I quote, Man is not matter. He is not made up of brain, blood, bones, and other material elements. Within minutes or even seconds of all the shaking subsided, and I was so grateful for this proof of God's word. Mrs. Eddy says also, 
and I quote, Every day makes its demands upon us for higher proofs rather than professions of Christian power. And indeed, every day does. For not one instant are we out of that tender, watchful, powerful care that is God. I was also so grateful for the idea that came to call the authorities and have the road re-sanded, which was done almost immediately. Thank you all. Good night. Thank you. Shardy. Good evening. I am very grateful to be a member of this church and to be part of an amazing group that is so clear about who Mrs. Eddy is and what she has done for the entire world. Her works still continue to heal and transform mankind. It is her evening prayer that was instrumental in the healing of a bird on my finger a little while ago. It wasn't a large bird, but it really hurt. I knew that I was safe because I was cooking with kindness of heart. Sometime by afternoon or evening, it was healed, not even a mark. I realized it was completely normal when I used hot water and there was no pain as there had been earlier. It was a few days later that I started thinking about how I knew that I was safe from harm. Then parts of the evening prayer, which I have read so often that it's almost memorized, came to mind. Quote, to declare that you are well is the exact truth. You are not flesh, but rather the ray of divine light that shining upon flesh makes it appear alive. This you is spiritual." End quote. This quote was also stated at a round table not too long ago. The beauty of it expresses who we really are all the time. Thank you. Thank you. Dale from Virginia. Go ahead, please. Thank you so much for those wonderful readings and wonderful testimonies. I just have something that I'd like to share tonight. There's no end to the very valuable articles and videos which this church provides on the website. Currently on the carousel is an interview with Joe Carter on African-American spirituals, a subject he is well familiar with as he performed and taught about them for 25 years. This interview took place in 2003, and it is regularly posted on Martin Luther King Day. I've listened to it dozens of times and never failed to hear something new and to be inspired every time. Mr. Carter said that the slaves found a secret door to that world where tears are wiped away, and it was sorrow that began the entrance to the secret door. It made me think of the 91st Psalm, where we are told, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When having a need, we find that by turning to God and staying with Him, we find our need met. 
the 5,000 anonymously written spirituals called Sorrow Songs tell stories of the lives of slaves. But unlike blues, they were always looking up, always had a glory hallelujah, and presented noble sentiments. They took responsibility for themselves and believed they reached deity through their songs. In singing, they were transported to another world and strengthened. They took hope from the Bible stories of Daniel, Jonah, and the three Hebrew men. They loved the story of Jesus healing the man who had been lame for 38 years. When Jesus asked him if he wanted to be healed, told him, take up your bed and walk. They loved the story because it was about self-sufficiency. It was said that the slaves possessed inner freedom and dignity. The slaves largely had a spiritual identity that guided them, and their songs expressed a universal quest for freedom. Joe Carter said that living with these songs, they've become the strength of my life. The worst kind of bondage is on the inside. He said when someone would be asked how they were, even with all of their suffering, they would reply, It is well with my soul. This interview is inspiring, enlightening, and humorous. I highly encourage others to check it out. Thank you for all the good things we have on this website and in this church, and thank you for this service tonight. Thank you. Jeremy. Thank you very much for the readings tonight. I'm very grateful this evening for the fact that Krishna science is for all mankind and that no one is left out. As a child, I worried about the message I received from the Protestant churches my family attended in California which said that some would be saved, but most would not. I felt that must be wrong, but it took coming here to learn why it is totally wrong. I am so grateful to now understand that God truly is love, and that what we are fighting against here is the false belief that we or anyone can have a life outside of God, and that such a suggestion would bring that person damnation. Suffering under such a delusion can certainly feel like hell, something I can attest to from how my existence before coming to Plainfield felt. But it ends when we quit giving the lie power, which Christian science shows us how to do. I'm grateful for all I have learned here and for all the practitioner support I've received. And I'm so thankful to be a member of this church and a part of this mission for God and mankind. Thank you. Thank and, you. And now we have a testimony from Imogen in Australia. Tonight I would like to express my humble, heartfelt, deepest thanks to my Plainfield practitioner. A few days ago the idea came to me that I wasn't doing my testimonies right, that I wasn't good enough to be working for God at Plainfield. And I've got to tell you, this error temporarily threw me into a spin. 
I felt relief when I prayed to God, when I prayed our watches, and when I listened to Plainfield, but then doubt would creep in again. A wonderful teacher at this church has described this as, quote, the mental tennis match. And boy, I was definitely going back and forth in this way. Not very productive. By about day three of this, I'd had about enough. And so I reached out to my wonderful Plainfield practitioner for support. About five minutes after sending the email to her, I started to feel freer and happier. And by the time I received her email reply, her holy words popped this error like a balloon. Here is a part of the wonderful work she sent to me. Quote, When you testify in our church, you are speaking to a choir of angels who are all loving and rooting for you. As God told Jeremiah, for I will be with you. And wouldn't error like to shut up your testimony for God? The hell you say. (laughs) Along with the grumpy face emoji on the hell you say part. (laughs) Well, I just laughed out loud and I immediately was free of this wrong thought and I started thinking about all the good blessings I could share in a testimony this week. I felt so joyful, like I were flying, as I started my walk back across town to my home. As I came through an outdoor shopping mall here, I saw out of the corner of my eye and behind me a woman who had just fallen down backwards onto her head on the road. I gasped. It looked pretty horrific, and I saw her family coming to her aid. I stood stock still and I prayed with all the love and faith I could muster. I prayed our daily prayer from Mary Baker Eddy. I then prayed that because God is our almighty Lord and King, this woman is so very safe. She is loved. She is God's beautiful daughter, unhurt, and she can jump up and walk on her own two legs. After a couple of minutes of this, I peeked back over my shoulder and I could see she'd been placed into the recovery position on her side. I turned back to my prayer and I just kept at it as we are taught here. I ventured a second peek over my shoulder and there was nothing there. The woman was gone. Her family and the crowd were gone. There was no blood on the road. So this woman had obviously gotten up and walked away on her own two legs. The timing of this that the holy prayer of my practitioner freed me so that I could work for God was amazing to me. And God really brought home the point to me in Mrs. Eddy's words, quote, Never absent from your post, never off guard, never ill-humoured, never unready to work for God, is obedience, being faithful over a few things. End quote. Well, message received. I am very grateful for this lesson in being faithful over a few things. I'm so grateful to our Lord God Almighty, King of the Universe. I'm so grateful to Christ Jesus, the Way Shower. And I'm so grateful to Mary Baker Eddy for Christian Science, the Promised Comforter. Our humble thanks to our holy practitioners and teachers and all the members at dearest Plainfield Independent, and so much love to you all. Thank you. And now we have a testimony from Izzy in England. 
Good evening. I'd like to share something that happened yesterday. It happened as a result of various teachings that I have learned here at Plainfield uh, from a round table and also an article shared on the Plainfield website. So I'm very grateful. I've been thinking recently about uh, what we say when we say our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven. And I've been thinking about what heaven means. Mrs. Eddy says heaven is a state of consciousness. But my default image has been some sort of distant God in a distant heaven, somewhere where we go and we pass on. And then one day it struck me that actually, if heaven was a state of consciousness, then I could go to heaven any time I liked. I just had to change my thinking. And it was a very liberating thing to realise. So last night I was taking my dogs out on the last late walk and I, I was feeling oh, just a bit down, I guess, um, a bit despondent. There seems to be all sorts of challenging things going on here that are threatening to take away the peace of society. And I, I think I was just feeling this. And usually I'm so uplifted when I walk in nature as I can see God's glory. Here in England, we've had many many dark months of intense, severe rain and thick grey skies for days and weeks on end. But last night, the sky was clear and the stars were out and it was just like seeing old friends again. But even that didn't really lift my mood. And at one point, I said out loud, God, why do you feel so distant? Then I was reminded of my realisation about heaven. And if I couldn't take myself to heaven when walking on a quiet country lane, with my dogs, with the sky full of stars above me. I'm not sure when I could take myself to heaven. <laughs> but it did feel a big switch to make from feeling all the weight of material woes to going to heaven. Um, so I remember the teaching from a recent round table to work with I Am from the Blue Book. And I'd spent some time working with this and it was really wonderful. I Am Where Thou Art was especially effective. So as I walked along, I said, I am where thou art. And actually just making that statement immediately brought a, a change. And I then thought about a beautiful article from the Plainfield website entitled The Secret. The author says that he or she has discovered how to demonstrate the science. To quote, not to see or hear or repeat any kind of imperfection. It is seeing, hearing and repeating good and good only at all times, under all circumstances, in spite of everything that appears to the contrary. End quote. So I walked along and everything I passed, I just told myself that it was perfect. A tree, a wall, a house, the clouds, the stars, the road. Um, everything was perfect. Everything was a perfect part of God's perfect creation. As I walked back into the village, I met a young couple and we said hi. Uh, and I told myself as I walked away, they are God's perfect children, perfect reflections. And that brief meeting with them was perfect. I walked past all the houses and I thought of God's children inside each house. Perfect expressions of perfect God. And I was just filled with deep love for all of them. By the time I got home, my mood had completely uplifted. I truly was in heaven.
as a state of consciousness. It was a real switch from how I'd felt just half an hour earlier. And actually, even my dogs seemed calmer and happier. Not that they're not already calm and happy. (laughs) I feel very grateful to have discovered not only how to go to heaven, but how to see perfection and how to know that I am where God is. I am incredibly grateful for the amazing resource that is the Plainfield Christian Science Church independent website. I am grateful for every single Christian scientist who has bothered to put pen to paper or voice to microphone so that I can benefit from their teaching, their wisdom and their amazing experiences. And I'm very grateful to God for letting me be with him and to dear Mrs. Eddie for bringing us this wonderful science. Thank you so much. Thank you. Kara from New Mexico. Go ahead, please. Thank you so much for the readings tonight. And I'm so grateful always for these meetings and roundtables. Whenever I'm praying about a challenge, I often call to mind all the testimonies I hear. And I feel so inspired and encouraged by all the people practicing Christian science who speak out at these meetings and roundtables. So I thought I'd share something that happened a long time ago now, but that still helps me. Um, I was in a very challenging situation with another person, and I didn't feel supported in many ways by them, including um, judged for being a Christian scientist. During one summer, I was struggling with extremely painful hemorrhoids, and this person thought it was ridiculous that I just didn't take some medication. But I knew I was learning something through prayer because each time I needed to do something, I was able, including strenuous physical activities that should have been really painful, and I knew I was learning through prayer. But full healing didn't come right away. Um, Then one really particularly excruciating morning, I lay down and I turned to God um, and, and I was just wholehearted in my prayer. And as I prayed, a question came to me. Are you praying to see yourself as a child of God, but seeing someone else as outside of God? Well, yes, I was. I just hadn't realized that at all. And in that moment, I saw the absolute absurdity of that. God is all, no exception. Um, Well, literally, the instant I recognized that, the excruciating pain switched off and has never returned. And that was wonderful, of course. But far more important to me um, was what I learned um, from it. And, and that was that my practice of Christian science had really been incredibly selfish and, and frankly, wrong. We are all the perfect children of God. Um, and and I, I understood all of a sudden really what that meant. And after that, everything shifted in how I saw this individual, in how I saw relationships between people, and most importantly, in how I understood Christian science. It was a huge turning point. I finally got it. The Christian science is not some little personal healthcare system, but a commitment to work, 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 and watch and pray for all humankind. And the best part is that it's a gift that keeps on giving because now if I'm ever tempted to feel justified in judging another individual and and seeing them as separate from God in any way, 
I am reminded of the humorous lesson that God gave me all those years ago through this healing, namely that God's perfect child cannot have and therefore can never be a pain in the behind. So thank you so much for these meetings and thank you for um, all the resources that I use so often uh, on the Plainfield website for the practitioners and workers at this church and for all of God's perfect children in this worldwide congregation. Thank you so much. <laughs> Michaela from Canada. Hello, good evening. Thank you, thank you, thank you to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent for all, everybody here does, for all the lovely testimonies today, for all the, what's on the website and all the activities. I um, came across an article last week, which is called From Death Unto Life by Albert F. Gilmore. And he writes about the two greatest commandments, thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and the second, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Further down in the article, he writes, quote, to manifest love towards all men under all circumstances, always and invariably. that we should do that. So that was a wow thing for me. So I, yeah, I have to, to love, I should love. Um, I had to admit that I don't always do that under all circumstances, always. And everyone and invariably. Then further down, he cites John Quote, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. That was another, wow. I am living when I love the brethren. Then, also John, quote, he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Oh, that was a very good lesson for me. And I started to think if I'm not loving, um, this is um, part of death, not living. So I try to um, be more loving and see more love in everything. And it has a, had a wonderful effect on me that I was able to stay calmer in situations where I would get angry or annoyed about things. And it not only with persons, but also with with politics or the environment, 
that I understood that if I not see everything loving or perfect, that I am abiding in death. That was, yeah, a great lesson. And I, I, I could, somehow it worked in me and I could be very calm and which was a wonderful feeling. Then this week's lesson, um, it says in the golden text, thou shalt not raise a false report. Put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. This kind of was the same thing that if I if I say something like if I'm angry about a situation, I am bearing false witness because God has not made this situation, all is perfect. So I, I really was uplifted by those citations in the article and some things in the, in the lesson this week, also that it says, he that, so it, it's about who shall abide in that thy tabernacle. And it says, he that backbiteth not with his tongue. Another thing that I sometimes like to throw arguments back when arguments are thro being thrown at me and it never ends good. It always is um, a hassle. So there was a situation yesterday or two days ago where an argument was thrown at me or something that, which really hit me in a sense that I was offended, but I did not backbite. I went away and read the lesson and wonderfully after I could talk to the person in a very calm way and we came to a wonderful agreement. And this is all the effect from all the activities in this church that I'm learning how to apply it to my daily situations and be better and live more and be less, less dead. And this is so wonderful with the readings today as well, Gary. I'm aiming to be 900 years one day. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lenny from Georgia. Go ahead, please. Thank you. I just wanted to express my gratitude for the teaching um, in this church, for the practitioners and the wonderful teaching and the roundtables. Um, I've been blessed by this for years. And kind of an interesting thing um, happened. I was looking back through a journal that I keep um, and one of the practitioners had recommended to, you know, keep a journal of things you're working on and also things that you're grateful for and, you know, all sorts of, all sorts of things like that. And I happened to be thumbing back through my journal 
And I found a time that I had been struggling with about a very severe depression. And I was looking at my notes and um, then I noticed the date of that. And I realized it was several years ago. And I realized that, you know, for so much of my life, I had struggled with bouts of depression that were very much like what I had put in my journal. But then looking at the date, I was like, wow, I can't remember the last time that I struggled like that. I can't remember the last time I felt, uh, you know, that I that just that one of those kind of attacks got to me. And I was like, well, look at that, you sneaky little healing. Uh, and it was just, I, I had to chuckle because it was just, it, it totally snuck up on me. But I realized that, wow, I have not, I have not struggled with that in years. And I realized that since coming here and since learning uh, from this church that I have grown a stronger spiritual background or, or backbone. And I don't let those same thoughts that used to drag me down into those dark places you know, I, I am so much better at being that spiritual warrior and mental fighter and standing up to that. Um, and I don't let it bully me. And, um, you know, it just, I'm just so grateful for how we're taught here to, to be stronger fighters and to, to stand up with the truth of our being and to exercise our God-given authority. And that's really what it is. It's exercising that spiritual muscle. And like Mrs. Eddy says in Science and Health, line upon line, precept upon precept, here little and there little. Well, sure enough, line upon line, over the last few years, at some point, you know, the, the old man has been put off, and the new Lenny is uh, is very grateful to find herself in a in a place where, you know, these things have been dropping away, and much to my not even noticing it for a while. So um, again, just super grateful for that. And um, Gary, just really grateful for the readings tonight as well. They were very meaningful to me. Thank you. Florence from Georgia. Go ahead, please. Thank you. I have two testimonies uh, from Australia. It won't be long. Uh, thank you, Gary, for the inspiring readings tonight. And I'm grateful to learn through Christian science, to learn and to know that we are truly forever. The first one from Australia says, recently I was calling a national company regarding a faulty dishwasher and was placed in the phone queue and advised that there was a wait time of around 30 minutes to talk to a sales consultant. The on-hold music was horrible, and I found myself getting very annoyed with the whole process. My wife picked up on this and said that I had to change my thinking and attitude towards the situation. Having learned at Plainfield, Christian Science Independent, that to have annoyance or anger is breaking the first commandment, Thou shalt have no other gods before me, Exodus 23. I was receptive and ready to break the mesmerism of a power apart from God and to change in my thought. In our earlier lesson on God, where the lovely citations from Psalm 
51 to 10 and 12, which summed it up so well, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. I calm down, claiming my true sonship as a child of God and in knowing that there was in truth only one mind, principle governing the situation, governing me and the sales team and all who worked in that organization. Any fear of a confrontation and being powerless melted away. Being renewed and restored, I was of a sound and cheerful mind when the sales consultant answered my call. The conversation went well, and although the warranty had expired, she was very understanding and helpful and assisted me in securing a replacement product at a good price and in arranging the removal and changeover of the dishwasher and in an extended warranty for the new one. I was so grateful for this outcome and the learning to see God principle in action and so practical when we refuse to be manipulated and listen to him as the only power and authority. Thanks be to God, to Christ Jesus the way shower, to Mary Baker Eddy, the revelator, and for the Plainfield Independent Christian Science Church Services and community, and for the website, which is a beacon to the whole world. And then this is a short note from a new person, also from Australia. I live on the Sunshine Coast, Australia. I am so grateful for all that you offer, and I just wish to let you know that to be able to prayerfully rest with you in oneness of mind that you clearly reside in. Being with you all, expressing our oneness would be a delight. I am so blessed and grateful to partake in. My deepest thanks. And thanks everyone for everything that you've offered, showing how Christian science works, the power in it. I'm grateful to be here tonight. Thank you. Linda, to close our meeting, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 218. O light that maketh all things new, the blooming earth, the thoughts of men, our pilgrim feet wet with thy dew, in gladness hither turn again. Hymn number 218.